It's Friday, February 18th. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. Baltimore County is ready to lift pandemic restrictions as COVID metrics trend downward. A coalition of education advocates say Governor Hogan has shortchanged Maryland schools by over $100 million, and they want that money put back. In Maryland legislative news, a hearing on a Senate bill to ban untraceable ghost guns goes long into the evening. A Republican caucus committee presents a package of bills they say will restore integrity to state elections. Maryland's Senate president says a deal has been reached that will keep clubs on the block open until 2 a.m. But one club owner says, what deal? And Paul McCartney makes a return to Baltimore after more than five decades. It's The Daily Dose from WYPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Maryland is likely to reach another milestone in the coming days when it comes to COVID cases, the one million mark. State health officials today added about 850 cases, bringing the total since the start of the pandemic to about 996,000 200. On a positive note, both cases and hospitalizations continue to fall. Starting tomorrow, you can get a COVID vaccine at Maryland's casinos. Governor Hogan announced this week that all six casinos will participate in a program to offer free vaccinations, administered by the Maryland Department of Health. More than 70 percent of Baltimore County's workforce has been vaccinated for COVID-19 as the county prepares to lift pandemic restrictions in county buildings. County Executive John Yashevsky says those employees who remain unvaccinated will not lose their jobs. WYPR's John Lee reports. The masking mandate in county buildings will end February 28th. Unvaccinated employees will no longer have to get a weekly COVID test. Appearing on WYPR's Midday with Tom Hall, County Executive Oshevsky was pressed about those unvaccinated employees. Will they be shown the door for putting the public at risk? Oshevsky said no, pointing out that home test kits and masks are available for those who want them. Between our very high vaccination rate and the availability of these high quality masks and tests, we feel pretty comfortable taking this step and not having to take those additional actions that you mentioned. The county has approximately 9,000 employees and the county's overall vaccination rate is nearing 80 percent. John Lee, WIPR News. The Maryland State School Board is expected to take up the issue of masking in schools next week. Yesterday, parents were among demonstrators in Annapolis, demanding an end to school mask mandates statewide. They called on other counties to follow Anne Arundel County, which decided last week that masks in its schools are optional starting next week. The Blueprint Coalition, a group of education advocates, is charging that Governor Larry Hogan shortchanged schools by nearly $140 million in his budget, and they want him to restore it. WYPR's Joel McCord reports. Under the Kerwin funding formula, most of that money was to go to Baltimore City and Prince George's County schools with concentrated areas of poverty, black and brown students, and students with special needs. In a noon press conference, Delegate Stephanie Smith, chair of the Baltimore City House delegation, said the money is owed to those schools and she wasn't uncomfortable asking for it. I'm incredibly energized to demand that the 
governor of this great state move the money and a supplemental budget to where it rightfully belongs. Delegate Nick Charles, chair of the Prince George's House delegation, borrowed from the governor's line about wearing face masks. Governor Hogan, we are asking you to work with us and fund our damn schools. Hogan spokesman Mike Ricci said in a statement, the money this group wants isn't due until next year. I'm Joel McCord, WYPR News. A Maryland Senate committee heard testimony Thursday on its bill to ban unserialized, untraceable firearms known as ghost guns during a hearing that lasted well past sundown. WYPR's Callan tanzel Sedith reports. Lawmakers heard hours of testimony for and against the legislation, including from Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott. Firearms that do not have serial numbers and or registration have no place on our streets, and it should not be easier to purchase and build one of these ghost guns than it is for me to buy medicine at CVS. But many gun rights advocates, including Mark Pennock, president of Maryland Shell Issue, allege the bill unfairly paints gun owners as criminals and infringes on their Second Amendment rights. Is that this bill basically criminalizes a huge segment of existing gun owners who have done nothing wrong. They are hobbyists who have never committed a crime. It is not yet clear when a committee vote will take place. And also in Annapolis yesterday, members of the Joint Assembly GOP caucus presented what they are calling the Election Integrity Package during a virtual news conference Thursday. Callan tanzel Suddeth has more. Allegheny County Delegate Jason Buckle called the measures common-sense safeguards. Our Republican caucuses have a history of advocating for secure elections that our citizens have faith in. This legislative package proactively establishes safeguards to ensure the integrity of our elections going forward. The five bills focus on mail-in voting, voter identification, and Board of Elections protocol. Senate Minority Leader Brian Simonair emphasized the importance of equity. We're trying to come up with balanced approaches. Uh, We realize there's need for greater access, but at the same time, you have to have greater security to ensure the integrity of our elections. But critics worry the approach will only impose more barriers without doing enough to ensure disenfranchised voters have equal access to polls. A hearing is set for three of the five bills next Tuesday. Callan tinsel Suddeth, WYPR News. The vacant West Baltimore row home that caught fire and led to the deaths of three city firefighters last month has been demolished. Investigators are still searching for a person of interest in connection with the fire at South Stricker Street. A reward of $100,000 is being offered for information in the case. And some upbeat news to end our headlines this week. For the first time in more than five decades, Paul McCartney will play a show in Baltimore this June. WYPR's Emily Sullivan reports. In the height of Beatlemania in 1964, McCartney and his bandmates played at what is now the Royal Farms Arena before crowds that screamed so loud you could hardly make out the music. The Camden Yards show will be McCartney's second ever performance in Baltimore. Camden Yards has hosted post-game concerts in recent seasons, but McCartney's show will be the stadium's second-ever standalone concert. Billy Joel was the first in 2019. McCartney is scheduled to perform on Sunday, June 12th, and Baltimore fans of the Fab Four will have another chance to see a Beatle perform that week. McCartney's former bandmate Ringo Starr is scheduled to play two shows at the Lyric in Mount Vernon. Emily Sullivan, WYPR News. 
State Senate President Bill Ferguson's office announced a deal this morning that would allow the strip clubs on Baltimore's block to stay open until the usual 2 a.m. instead of closing at 10 p.m. under a bill he had introduced. But WYPR's Joel McCord reports the most outspoken club owner says she knows nothing about a deal. The deal was announced in a morning press release from Ferguson's office. It said Ferguson, the three delegates from his district, Luke Clippinger, Brooke Learman, and Robin Lewis, and City Councilman Eric Costello, had reached a concept agreement with a representative majority of clubs on the block. It included amendments to Ferguson's bill that calls for consistent use of security cameras, sharing the footage and the clubs paying for a deployment of police at peak hours, and drafting security plans to be approved by the City Liquor Board and Police Department. But Sarah Wantlin, co-owner of the club Pussycat, told WYPR she was not made aware of any agreement. We didn't reach no agreement. We did not speak to any of the politicians that were proposing this bill. It was news to us. Her lawyer, Thiru Vignaraja, said the two of them had a conference call with 10 other club owners after the agreement was announced. Uh, each of them represented on the call confirmed that they had not reached a deal. They did not know about a deal that had been reached. And they learned of it from the news this morning um, and were as surprised as the rest of us. Delegate Clippinger, whose name was among those on the press release, referred questions about the deal back to Ferguson's office. Talk to the Senate President's office. He would be in the better position. He's the one who 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 uh, who came to this agreement with with people on the block. In the afternoon, Ferguson's office issued a statement saying he met February 6th with several of the block licensees and their authorized representatives, and that over the next two weeks negotiated with eight of the licensees to reach the agreement. His spokesman referred questions to Baltimore lawyer Frank Boston, who did most of the negotiating. In a telephone interview, Boston said he had negotiated with many of the same clubs Vignaraja said had no knowledge of the agreement and he said Vignaraja knew of the meetings. Ferguson, whose district includes the block, announced his early closing time bill at a news conference last month. He said it was part of an effort to reduce crime in the downtown adult entertainment district. He cited more than 800 calls for service, including shootings, robberies, and assaults in the two-block stretch of East Baltimore Street in one year. Despite the efforts of the police, despite increased deployments, despite having to stretch the entire district just to cover two blocks, not just the incidents of violence, but the severity of violence has escalated. Vignaraja called claims of a crime problem on the block preposterous and said they aren't supported by the data. You've got essentially 50 homicides in Baltimore this year. Not a single one of them has been in the Central District. Last year, there were 27 homicides in the Central District. Not a single one of them was anywhere near the block. He said none of the club owners he spoke with agreed to pay money for extra police and that many of them already comply with parts of the agreement Ferguson's office announced. They already use uh, camera, security cameras and make those that footage available to the police department as a matter of course. Um, that's something they've long done. Several of them have registered their cameras with the police department so City Watch can actually access them directly from Watch Center without even their permission. The House version of the closing time bill comes up for a hearing Monday afternoon. The hearing on the Senate bill is scheduled in March. I'm Joel McCord, WYPR News.
Next week, we'll have a candid roundtable discussion with some Baltimore City teachers. And our executive editor of the podcast will come from behind the desk to host a series of conversations with Black women in medicine. We cover the news of the day here on The Daily Dose, but it's also a platform for listeners like you. Got a thought or a story you want to share about life in the era of coronavirus? Leave us a voicemail to play on an upcoming episode. The number 410-235-6060. We've also got a button on the WYPR app so you can record a voice memo that way too. Just tap Daily Dose Comments on the app or give us a call. The number again, 410-235-6060. We're always happy to hear from you, and we'll be here for you again on Monday. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Big thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, John Lee, Joel McCord, Emily Sullivan, and Callan tanzel Suddeth. Our digital content director is Jamila Krempel, and our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. Stay healthy, stay sane, and stand together. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. <laughs>